Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on Arseblog.com. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, sorry for the silence there. I'm just trying to think of a way to start this one. Last week, you make a little joke about things being terrible and, oh, you know, things can only get better, though, right? No. D-Ream are liars. They are absolute liars. Things can't not only get better, they can get worse. And they did on Sunday against Bolton. And that was the end of our title challenge. Two ridiculous goals to give away, which kind of sum up our season. There are so many things which sum up our season, right? You talk about that Manchester United game, for example, in the FA Cup where we had all the possession and uh, played a lot of the game in their half but couldn't score to save our life and they score goals up the other end at their first breakaway. That, that kind of sums up our season. And then conceding goals from corners, that sums up our season. Set pieces have been our uh, Achilles heel, our Vermalen's bit, as it's now known. 56% of the goals we've conceded this season have come from set pieces. Strikes me there's a weakness there. I'm pretty sure Arsene might have spotted it. Uh, we'll see what he does about it. But, I mean, the, the goals on Sunday, poor defending in the first place to allow both the chances which led to the corners, right? Chesney made two brilliant saves. Uh, one from, I think it was Lee, and the other one from Elmander. Uh, and from both corners, they scored which must be maddening when you're the goalkeeper. Uh, but we got it to 1-1, and we had chances to score a second goal and then another goal, uh, and we had chances to win that game and make that game safe. Unfortunately, there was nobody in the team uh, that wanted to step up and be the winner and be the hero, be the Freddie Jumberg of this season. As I said in the blog, if Freddie Jumberg had been through in the same way that Samir Nasri was through that time, it would have been a goal. I like Nasri, and he's had a good season. But at moments like that, you need big players to stand up and be counted, and he stood up. Well, he didn't even stand up. He kind of stood up. But nobody counted him. Or he sat down and someone counted him. I don't know quite how to work that analogy, to be perfectly honest. And we end up losing. A game we should have won against a team, right, that, that got beaten 5-0 in the FA Cup semi-final beat us, and then lost 3-0 to Fulham. Something's not quite right there. That we have this ability to make other teams look good. And I think that, uh, above all else, 
is the major frustration for me. It's not so much that we haven't won anything. It's the manner in which we haven't won anything. Um, 2007-2008 were five points clear at the top of the league. And I know the Eduardo thing happened. And that was obviously a shock to everybody. But, you know, there are maybe two ways of looking at that. One is that the team was traumatized. And the other is that the team didn't have what it takes to say, well, fuck you, cunts, for what you did to Eduardo. We're going to win every game between now and the end of the season, or we're going to find ourselves very difficult to beat. We're certainly not going to throw away a five-point lead at the top of the table and end up losing the title. And I know there were other absences. Flamini was injured and Sanya was injured, but I think there was a lack of that old, reliable mental strength in there. And this season, we've seen the Carling Cup final, that comedy of errors to lose a Carling Cup final, and then... You know, let's not forget a couple of weeks ago, the league title was in Arsenal's hands. We had it in our hands. If we won our games, we would be champions. And here we are. In our last seven league games, we've taken eight points from 21. The sequence, as far as I can make out, is a win against Stoke, draw against Sunderland, draw against West Brom, draw against Blackburn, win against Blackpool, draw against Liverpool, uh, draw against Spurs, and a loss to Bolton. You don't win titles like that. And that, to me, is where the real frustration comes in. That most of us, I think, feared this kind of thing happening again. That come the end of the season, we didn't have either the experience or the quality or the character or the combination of all of those things to get us over the finish line, or at least close to the finish line. Because there's still four games left, we're completely out of it now. And that really is a, a huge frustration. And there's a lot of talk, of course, about, well, if you've gone out and bought this player and that player and that player and that player. And for me, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond the playing staff. It goes to the culture of the club, the the mental weakness. I don't, you know, spoke about this mental strength thing. There is a mental weakness, a flaw in the psychological makeup of this team. It's like they don't believe they can win or they don't believe they should win or they don't believe they're good enough to win. And they almost self-destruct. I'm sure there are psychiatrists or psychologists out there who could analyze what it means, but that's what it feels like, is that they're almost afraid of it. That it's easier to just combust. And we've almost gotten used to that. That this is what we're familiar with. We haven't learned how to win, but by fuck do we know how to lose. And lose in spectacular fashion. So that's where um, a lot of frustration comes from, for me anyway, from a personal point of view. I understand that people have their own views on this and their own perspectives and, and everything else. But at this point in the season, to be out of it again, having been in a good position, a really, really good position, um, yeah, it's not that it's final straw stuff, but certainly a lot has got to change this summer and uh, I think we've got a lot of time between now and then uh, to discuss what that all might be. Anyway, um, taking us to our guest this week, here's Internet Joe. Oi, Internet Joe, here's me 30-second roundup. 
Fuck! Shit! Tits! Flaps! Gee! Pox! Wank! Bollocks! Septic! Horse! Cocking! Thundercunt! Dick! Ass! Hoop! Nobra! It's scrotum face! Wank hammer! Shite! Piss! Festering Jesus' smegma lapping asshole! Bitch! Motherfucker! Self-fingering! Shawcrossing! Juicing! Anus wrenching! Bastard! Bloody fucking crap! Dildo! Fuckity! Fuck! 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 You cunts! I have to say those are sentiments I'm finding it very difficult to disagree with this week. Thank you to Internet Joe. He's back on next week's show. Now, to look at everything that's gone on this week and since the last Arscast, and my guest is a former Arsenal player, played a grand total of seven games for the club in the 90s, moved to Southend, and has since forged a career as a journalist. Uh, you might see him on Arsenal TV as well as one of the summarizers, and he's also part of the Red, White and Blue podcast. Uh, welcome to the show, Adrian Clark. Hi there. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Um, which isn't true to say of Arsenal and Arsenal season. <laughs> the, the end of season, the end of season collapse. Arsenal went to Bolton. They knew they had to win the game to keep the title hopes alive, knowing then there was still plenty of work to do anyway. Um, the opportunity to win the game presented itself. Um, in the end, it was Bolton that got the winning goal, and it's just something that seems to happen again and again to Arsenal at this stage of the season. Oh, it certainly does, yeah. It's a similar story to the last two or three seasons, isn't it? The team promises so much, and then ultimately at the final hurdle, whether it's through injuries, missed opportunities, you know, loss of bottle, so to speak, when it mattered most, it, there's been one reason after another that Arsenal haven't quite got over the line. And it, it is very frustrating because talent-wise, Arsenal are as good as Manchester United probably better than Chelsea but but it, there's something missing that, that's preventing them from, from going all the way and it, it's frustrating as a, as a supporter it, it must it must drive the fans absolutely mad it really must um, you, you talk about talent obviously there's plenty of that in the side because you know we've seen when Arsenal play well and I don't think it's happened too often this season but when they play well they click they're really great to watch um, they've also got to second in the league and we're in four competitions and reached a cup final so it isn't necessarily to do uh, simply with footballing ability and what you're sort of hinting at there is a lack of character is there um reason to suggest that that's tied in with the lack of experience in the team or does it go a bit deeper than that I think I don't think we can pinpoint one reason specifically why why Arsenal have failed if you know second place third place is a failure I do think inexperience counts I think it takes you so far, but with young players, you're, all, you're just always going to get inconsistency. It's it's a fact. You know, I know Manchester United won the league with a very young team years ago, but that, that's the exception to the norm. I also think, to be honest, that that group of players at the moment aren't that inexperienced. I don't think that can be levelled as an excuse anymore. It's more a case of are there enough of the right type of characters within that team, and talent-wise. There is no question they're right up there. They're an excellent, excellent bunch of footballers. But to win the league, perhaps, it takes different types of characters. And, and that's one area that I think has been slightly neglected. It, you know, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that, that, that Arsene Wenger has been looking for a goalkeeper, looking for a centre-back, looking for a midfielder. But it's also... It's not just talent. It's to do with the character of those acquisitions too. And I think it's really imperative that he brings in 
the right kind of characters, the sort of players that will talk to the others and, and not accept defeat, not accept mistakes lightly, not blame everybody else, take personal responsibility. That's the key, I think, that, that's missing with this Arsenal side. If, if we can bring in one or two characters that will add that steel, I, I see no reason why Arsenal can't compete alongside Manchester United and go even better than them. Mm, I mean, you talk about personal responsibility, and there was an issue during the Blackpool game when Abu Dhabi was booked stupidly just before half time, and there were reports of not a bust up in the dressing room, but Robin Van Persie reminding him. You know, that, that, that he's got to, to do better for the team. Is that I, the I kind like of thing that. you're talking about? Yeah, I like that. When I heard about that, it, it made me feel good because when I, when, sometimes when you watch Arsenal, you think, brilliant to watch, but, but when things aren't going so well, it, it seems very quiet and there doesn't seem to be too much talking going on, not too much, you know, uh, set pieces especially. There's not a whole lot of dialogue going on. Nobody's pulling each other around, telling them to pick this player up, pick that player up. It all seems very calm, too serene in a way. And from my experience, you need to communicate. And, and the fact that Robin pulled him to one side and had a word with Diaby, I think that's great. It's, it's a relief. I just wish maybe more people within the dressing room and, and, and within the coaching staff would, would do that more often, or at least would, that we'd hear about that happening, because I think it would be to the benefit of the team, because from the outside, we often hear a lot of reasons and, and outside external excuses um, for, for defeats uh, and deflections from, from mistakes, but you know, players need to be responsible for their own actions. And, you know, I just hope that within that dressing room, they are on each other's backs, if, if you know what I mean, and, uh, uh, and pushing each other on to, to higher standards because that's what they need to do. They need to just reach a higher standard and, and not accept, you know, making mistakes. Perhaps the reason the Van Persie thing stood out is because it's not necessarily part of the culture at Arsenal, that they haven't been... Uh, doing this down the years, particularly when the more experienced members uh, of the side left. And one of the things that, that troubles me slightly is the the, the sense that many of them are, are sort of in a comfort zone. I spoke about high wages that they're on at a very early age. The, the salaries are increased year on year, regardless of whether the team wins anything or not. And then there's also the knowledge that the manager... Uh, they, they're aware, obviously, of his project, and the project is to develop this team together, which gives them not a fallback, but they know that uh, because he's going to, he's trying to develop them, that he'll perhaps be a little more tolerant of mistakes or of yeah. lackadaisical performances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Perhaps so. Yeah, I mean, there are instances that have happened this season and last that you would think would have earned a hairdryer treatment from Fergie, for example. Mm. Um, and players would be dropped for, for an Ibuay-esque mistake, for instance, and, <laughs> and, you know, publicly berated, I'm sure. That doesn't really happen with Arsene Wenger. I don't necessarily think that's, that's a bad thing. But I do feel that, that, that this project and, yeah, the, the, the lack of criticism that we see and hear it is a concern. I just hope that within the four walls of that dressing room, the harsh words are being said because, you know, for, for the mistakes that have happened in recent weeks, especially during this late season collapse, you know, they really do need to be addressed. You can't always put it down to something else. You've got to look within and, uh, and ask yourself, could I have done better? Could I have made a better decision there? And I think certain players, you know, should, should look in the mirror and see that. As for the project, I don't think there's a whole lot wrong with it. I think the philosophy still works. It's, it's fantastic. We're still producing great players. It just needs a tweak or two. And by a tweak or two, I, I guess I, I'm alluding to the fact that 
we need to there needs to be more emphasis on steel and and the non acceptance of, uh, of of certain things and to have maybe a plan b you know a different option when the big games come around because in my view it, it seems that Arsenal have become slightly easy to play against mm. when they're, when they 're not firing on all cylinders they have been easy to play against because everybody knows. What, what to expect from this Arsenal team. Mm. How much of, of what's happened in the last few months, because Arsenal have won one game in their last seven or eight league games uh, since the Carling Cup final, how, how much of what's gone on is down to confidence? Because Arsene Wenger says very often that it's the easiest thing to lose and the most difficult thing to regain. Yeah. Um, and, and given the fact that uh, 2007, 2008, there was this collapse, a uh, similar one a couple of seasons ago as well. Last season, you know, where we were still more or less in there, it was difficult, but you had the Spurs game, the Wigan game away, uh, and it becomes, I don't know if they expect to collapse, but maybe just the confidence going into the final part of the season isn't there. Yeah, I, I, don't, I really don't know what it is, because when I look at the Arsenal team, they, don't, they look relaxed. They look almost over-relaxed at times. You know, big North London derby at White Hart Lane, for most part of that game, they played in, the, in a very relaxed manner and expressed themselves excellently. So I don't necessarily think they're lacking complete confidence. I do feel that there's a, there's a slight phobia developing around the, the big games, you know, around playing against Manchester. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. United, for example, they have been comprehensively outplayed, especially at the Emirates, it has to be said, in the last couple of couple of occasions. So that will linger in the minds of the players. But I don't see it as being a lack of confidence because, in a way, I, I put the Carling Cup final defeat down to overconfidence. I, I think they took that game a little bit lightly. They didn't perhaps treat it treat it as as a final as seriously as as Birmingham did, and and it cost them. You know, the, the, the concentration levels that day weren't too high, and I think that that is an accusation you can level. I think ability wise, confidence wise, Arsenal are excellent, but they do have issues in in, in the concentration department, and uh, unless that's you know stamped out of the side, uh, you know it could just persist. Mm. A lot of talk, obviously, will. Uh, will take place about who should stay and who should go and I don't really want to speculate on that because there's still four games of the season and I think everybody has an idea of where perhaps uh, changes need to be made on the pitch 
off the pitch there's talk uh, today well uh, further talk today and I think it's a, a fairly open secret that Pat Rice might be retiring at the end of the season which leaves a place open for a new number two whether that's Steve Bold or somebody else that comes in uh, is that kind of a shake up in the, in the coaching staff can that um, help address some of the problems as well because perhaps things have gotten a little stayed I, I would say so yeah I mean I know Pat Rice very well he's, he's an excellent coach he's been great servant to Arsenal you know and to Arsene Wenger um, but I think he was looking to retire anyway there's problems with his knee by all accounts so it may be forced upon him if the change happens and you know I wouldn't be against it if it did did occur I think it could be just what the club needs a new voice in the dressing room and I, I'd really hope that the club bring in the right type of character you know the, the sort of person that will tell players when they've made a mistake and will really instill what's missing from you know the, I guess instill some of that invincible spirit uh, and some of the spirit that, that was with the club during my time you know in the mid 90s we may not have been the greatest Arsenal side in the history of the club but there was so much character so much desire to win or to not lose you know there's a real determination if someone can come in as a number two uh, and bring that element back to within the squad and also someone who's willing to sort of stand up to the manager uh, 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 and say if he disagrees with him you know because I think a, a new voice um, that Arsene Wenger will listen to it could be just could be just the tonic. I really do because for so long now the, the the board have concentrated on other developing other areas of the football club and they've left the manager to his own devices because they trust him and rightly so. But with no one to really have dialogue with at a high level, Arsene Wenger's just been left to his own devices and continued in in much the same vein without changing too much and. I think something needs to change this summer and perhaps the introduction of a, num- of a, of a new number two is just what they need. Steve Bold is one of the names that's put forward and one of the obvious candidates having done a lot of time at the club training the youth teams and learning uh, on the job rather than going straight into management. Maybe some people might say it, it smacks of a lack of ambition but maybe he's happy to learn his way and um, as someone you've probably, uh, you probably yeah. knew, is he that kind of character? Yeah, he's a big character. He's a strong character. He, he doesn't take falls gladly. He, he'll speak his mind. Intelligent guy. Uh, knows his stuff. And obviously, he's he's okay with the philosophy of the club. So yeah, on paper, he's a he's a he's a good fit. Definitely. Um, I haven't had much to do with Steve for, or Baldy for for a number of years. So I don't know what he's like as a coach. Mm. I can't really say say that too much about his coaching. Um, but yeah, someone from that generation, from, from that Arsenal team, I think would be welcome. And he, I guess he's the ideal candidate. Um, it, I, I think it just needs someone who's big enough and bold enough to to speak their mind and and to you know suggest new things that maybe the players can take on board. Because not a lot needs to change. Arsenal are still a very good team. Um, it's just those little tweaks are needed and and yeah I think a new number two and if it's bold it it could be perfect Mm. Looking ahead then very quickly to the weekend it's uh, Manchester United and you spoke about their record against Arsenal being very good Uh, what's happened over the last couple of weeks uh, particularly with in light of the Bolton game 
it demands a response, doesn't it, from, from this Arsenal side that um, there's been such a weight of criticism this week, and I'm not going to try and say it wasn't justified, but there has been such a weight of criticism that uh, they really do need to go out and, and not put it right, but at least remind people that uh, there are some positive things to this Arsenal side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. I've said it a few times in the last 10 minutes or so. There isn't a lot wrong with this team. It is a very good team. They do need to lift the fans. The fans have been so nervous, they've been edgy. Uh, and, and rightly so, because the team hasn't performed. Um, perhaps now that we're out of the title picture, the, the the weight will be lifted off the players, and perhaps they'll go out there and turn it on. Because I think when Arsenal are relaxed, and when they do turn it on and play with confidence, with the pace and moving the ball around quickly, they can they can beat anyone, uh, including United. So yeah, I think I think they need a performance to win the fans back. Otherwise, if this season just peters out in a disappointing fashion. I think the pressure on them will build ahead of next season and, and, and the clamour for a major overhaul will, will overtake things. I, I don't think an overhaul is is needed, but I do think, as, as we've alluded to, things do need to change over the summer. But yes, yeah, a big game. Um, United won't take it lightly. They'll come there, be organised. They'll have that steal and, and they'll be confident of, of turning up at the Emirates and winning. I, I quietly fancy Arsenal actually to just turn things around in this one. It would be typical, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, yeah. A little bit too, too, too little, too late. Yeah. But it would still be pleased. It's always nice to beat Manchester United, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. All right, Adrian, we better leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. No problem. Thank you very much indeed to Adrian Clark. You can find him and his two podcasting cohorts on their website. It's www.redwhiteandblue.tv. That's www.redwhiteandblue.tv. And, of course, uh, like any discerning anybody these days, they're on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash redwhitebluepod. Twitter.com forward slash redwhitebluepod. Do check it out. It is well worth a listen. And now, before we go to something else, and also... Uh, before we look ahead to the Manchester United game, and as much as we could look ahead, look forward to something like that, um, let's give you a chance to win a prize. Cheer somebody's week up anyway. It could need cheering up even more by this time next week. That's looking on the bright side for sure. Um, what I'll do is I'll give you the chance to win anything you like from the Arsblog online store. That's anything, any single item. There are some combination items up there, afraid not. Any single item, T-shirt, print or mug uh, from the store. You can check it out at store.arsblog.com. All you have to do is answer the following question. Should Danny Alves be put into a mincer and ground up and then served on a bed of Didier Drogba? The answer, yes or no to competition at arsblog.com. That's competition at arsblog.com. Send your answer along with the item that you would like. So, for example, if you would like a dreamy Robert Perez t-shirt, say, this is my answer, and I would like a dreamy Robert Perez t-shirt in size L, por favor. You don't have to do it in Spanish. You can say please in whatever language you would like. English is best, of course. Uh, and send it to competition at arsblog.com and on next week's show I will announce the winner and that person will get whatever it is that they chose can't say further than that can you so store.arsblog.com as well to check out what it is you might want now before we look at Manchester United and some of the bits and pieces uh, leading up to that game here's our Shabin hello I am our Shabin and uh, really not having a good time at the moment because uh, 
am questioning the decision to come to England because one more year without trophy at Arsenal and I have left the club that is winning European trophy and nothing, nothing at Arsenal. I have tried to give experience to young players in team. I say, why are you always running in game? You are running here and tackle and chase back and all this. Why are you doing this? Because all happen is you are tired when season come to end. And now young players don't have uh, energy to make tackle. Arshavin have energy, but Arshavin does not play. Also, not so good with uh, money in England. In Russia, get uh, money put in pocket, do what like with money. In England, have to pay half money to Queen. And what does Queen do with money? Go and buy new horse, or go on holiday, or make wedding for Prince uh, don't know name, and girl don't know name. And Arshavin, I am waiting. Where is invite to wedding? Why don't we get invite to wedding? Wife is not uh, happy. So, you know, when in church at wedding, men say, does anybody have object to this uh, wedding? I am going to put hand up and say, yes, Arshavin object to this wedding. But uh, if you give me cake, I will go away. More from Arshavin on another Arscast soon. Now, looking ahead to Manchester United, Arsene's press conference took place yesterday, and they had the thing up on the website, the usual thing, watch the press conference as live. I don't know why they don't just put the video up, but anyway, they had that there for a while, and it didn't work, and I was waiting for it to go up the normal way, and it didn't appear at all. It disappeared entirely. The, even the as live thing disappeared, and there was Arsene's uh, chat uh, with the official site. Um, so I don't necessarily have a great deal of stuff from the press conference itself, or don't have the insight having not watched it. There's a lot of stuff about how we're wounded and we need to respond and uh, Arsene, you know, talking the talk, as you do, as you have to do going into a game against Manchester United. Uh, the official side have done their usual trick of, finger, we have closed the gap to United. The, the timing thing is just amazing. How do they do it? Nearly every time something happens, they put something like that up there. It's something that Arsene said. Of course, he said, I think we've made up a, we've made up a lot of ground and we have a good opportunity to show that on Sunday. Well, we haven't necessarily made up any ground at all. Being behind, them being in front and stuff, which is where things have been over the last little while. And even a result on Sunday wouldn't necessarily suggest that we're a better team than them or as good as they are or anything like that because you're judged not on one game, but of course over the course of the season. Uh, And it wouldn't at all be surprising if this Arsenal team 
turned up on Sunday, put in a great performance, and beat Manchester United. I'm not saying I wouldn't like that. Of course I would. I'd be very happy to see that, in fact. But maybe it would be a case of when the pressure's off, they can perform. And when it's on, they just can't seem to do it. But whatever happens, we have to see a response from the team. Because there is a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and a lot of unhappiness at the way this season has petered out. The only people, I've said it before, are the only people who can put that right are the players and the manager. Arsene says, ultimately, I'm the one to blame. Yes, he is. Ultimately, he's the one to blame. He trains the team, coaches the team, picks the team, buys the players, brings the players through from the youth system. Book stops always with the manager. And I know in one way he's trying to take the focus off them, but in another way it's not a bad reminder that yes, he is the man who's to blame when things go wrong, and ultimately he's the one who should be accountable. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. I'm hoping we turn up, I'm hoping we win, I'm hoping we can score goals and take three points and just lift the spirits a little bit, because I think we need that. Everyone needs it, from the players uh, to the fans, and especially the fans. Um, things have been a bit tetchy recently across the board. But the fact is that things won't seem so bad if we win a game because it seems it's been so long. I know we beat Blackpool, but, you know, nobody takes a great deal of satisfaction out of beating Blackpool. Beating Manchester United would be something different altogether. And we haven't beaten them for a little while now. Was it Nasri's two goals? Was that the last time he beat them in his first season? So it's been a while. Um, so let's just hope that uh, winning on Sunday will go some way to lifting the spirits. Of course, it doesn't address uh, all the problems. It doesn't solve all the problems. It doesn't make everything right all of a sudden, but it will make things slightly better. And given where we are at the moment, I'll take that. So uh, fingers crossed for a good result at the weekend. Talk to you all next week on the blog and on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. We are gathered here today in the sight of God to bring these two people together on what must be the happiest day in anybody's life. Friday. God is all around us. God said, I am love, and love is all around you. If love is around you, then God is around you. And because we have orifices, then God is inside you too, wiggling away, wanting you to know how much God loves you. And now we come to the ceremony. Do you, the boy, take this tree to be your lawful wedded wife, to love and to honor, to have and to hold, to cherish and to stroke gently, till death do you part, or the tree gets hit by lightning? You do. And do you, tree, take this Emmanuel boy to love and to honor, to have and to hold, 
Talik Sapanto, Tachichan Tachan, till death do your part. You do. I now pronounce you a boy and tree. You may rub the bark. Amen. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 